Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Welcome back to another edition of Funky Monkey MMA. I am Kane Miller, and with me we have Joelle Rojas and Mike the Truth Jackson. Our guest today is a fan favorite who competes in the UFC's welterweight division. He holds wins over the likes of Stephen Thompson, Mike Swick, Jordan Meehan, Mike Pyle, Eric Silva, and Tim Means. On July 30th, he will face Jake Ellenberger at UFC 201. Please help me welcome Matt, the immortal Brown. Matt, thank you for being here. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Now, like we said, you've been matched up against Jake Ellenberger at UFC 201. Can we just get your brief thoughts on how you feel you match up with Ellenberger? Um, Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, you know, he's a a good fighter. I'm a good fighter. I think we're just going to go in there and go to war, man. I mean, you know, he's he's a little bit on, uh, a little bit down on his luck lately. I guess uh, things haven't been going so well for for me either. So, you know, I think it's going to be two hungry lions in there fighting for some meat. All right. Yeah, sounds good. And, you know, like you said, your opponent, uh, Ellenberger, he's been struggling a bit lately, having gone one in five in his last six fights. Does that give you any added confidence heading into the matchup? Or are you not getting too carried away with any thoughts like that? Yeah, definitely not getting carried away. As a matter of fact, I mean, you know, you got a, you know, you got a man in, in the corner, you know, you, he's cornered right now, you know, so it's worse. I mean, you know, when, when he's riding high, you know, the the old saying is, you know, nothing kills success more than success. Right. You know, so when someone's riding high, you know, and they're on a, a streak and they're doing well, you know, I feel better against them. You know, they're probably not going to, um, you know, maybe they're gonna, they're not going to try to fix what ain't broken. So, you know, there's a lot more, you, 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 there's a lot, lot more you can figure out. I mean, it's a lot simpler, right? Um, you got a guy like Ellenberger now that's, that's, you know, got his back to a corner. Man, you, I don't know what this guy's going to try to bring. I mean, you know, he might come in and just try to, um, you know, you just try to get the win, just try it for a takedown and just hold me down for three rounds. That's, that's what pretty much anybody that's beat me, that's probably what they've done, you know. So, you know, that might be his game plan, um, or he might be like, screw it, you know, I'm, uh, I'm win or lose, I'm going to go out on my shield and might just swing for the fences. So it makes it a lot more difficult to figure out what he's going to do. So, you know, as a, as a matter of fact, I think it's a it's a harder uh, situation to be in. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point to bring up uh, about it. You know, I, I didn't really think of it that way. Anything in preparation for this particular fight, as you said, you know, he's like a, a hungry lion being cornered, you know, to use your words. Any particular teams that you worked with or techniques that you worked on that you might have tweaked a little bit in order to prepare for Ellenberger? I mean, because at one point he was 
a really, you know, he was chasing for the title at one point, close, close to that at least. So, you know, he is pretty dangerous. But I, I personally see you winning this one by knockout. That's just my opinion. Well, that's what I'll be looking for. But now for the training for this fight, like I've just been putting lions in the corners and and fighting them. Yeah, this is a, a fairly quick turnaround fight for you. I mean, you just fought in May. For you, is it, do you really change up anything in your camps, um, especially on the – I mean, it's not necessarily a short-notice fight, but, again, I mean, it's roughly two months. Um, is there much that you change up, or for you, are you just doing your own thing, your own routine, or, or are you training specifically for your opponent? Man, uh, yeah, we're always changing, evolving, taking steps forward. That's what it's all about. Uh, if, if you're doing the same thing your whole career, it's not because you were doing it right. It's because, you, you know, it's, you, you're most likely, in that case, you're winning in spite of your training, not because of your training. And, you know, you, you got to change. I mean, your body changes, your mind changes, your lifestyle changes. Uh, there's way too many changes in the world for you to not change anything. So I'm I'm always changing right. and evolving and adapting and, and bringing in new things and getting rid of old things. And, you know, that, that's the, the big thing that we try to do. You know, I try to do is consolidate and get rid of what's not necessary um, more so than, you know, I think that was a mistake I made in, in the past was bringing in too much. And now uh-huh. I, I try to get rid of more than I bring in. Well, that's understandable. Uh, you, you definitely you're going through and you're looking at and evaluating things um, that may not be best for you. Um, you got to definitely get get rid of those. So that, that's completely understandable. Yeah. So you, we're just trying to find what's what's optimal, right? There's there's always a balance. There's there, you know it's like a bell curve, right? Where you, you know there's there's not enough, and then there's too much. Right. And we're trying to find that central balance where it's the the optimal amount. And um, you know most of the time we're trying to put too much in. Usually we're going mm-hmm. to the right side of the bell curve. So we're, we got to right. discard what's not necessary and bring ourselves back to the central. And, and that's kind of what I was hinting at as far as obviously you want to um, evolve as a fighter. But when I meant changing things up, um, I didn't, that's kind of what I was hinting at is, you know, are you bringing in different guys? Because obviously you're going to work on your techniques and you're, you're going to, you know, bring in new technique. Your coach is going to learn something, and we're going to try things out. Um, but that was kind of what I was hinting at as far as um, bringing in, you know, different looks, different sparring partners, or are we sitting here trying some some new spinning techniques? And, you know, everybody likes to, you know, try new things. So that's kind of what I was getting at as opposed to the switching up the training itself. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, you know, I guess the um, – the two kind of go together because, yeah, I'm, I'm discarding a lot of things and, you know, trying to stick to the fundamentals. And that's, uh, right. I mean, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I, I think it's easy to start getting into, you know, all this garbage, you know, and, and try to try to follow the trends of the sport and what other people are doing and, you know, start worrying about what your opponent's doing or what kind of new, new junk is he bringing. And, and that's kind of where I talk about, like, you know, let's discard all that. You know, there's right. there's simple proven techniques to winning fights. You know, we know right. what they are. We know what the formula is. You know, let's let's not you know let's not add to this formula unnecessary pieces. You know, let's keep the formula right. simple and let's let the formula work for itself instead of trying to re reinvent the formula. 
Right. Are you bringing um, – because I'm, I'm not familiar with, with your camp at all, uh, so I don't know if you have, like, a stable full of high-level guys or if there's a mix we of – We do. From, you know, that's great. Um, but with those high-level guys, are you just sticking with those as far as training and sparring, or are you actually bringing in other guys from different camps? Yeah, so um, there's always guys coming in and out here. Um, for the, for this fight, we I have guys that are that are similar enough that they're going to give me the right looks that I need for this fight. Um, like for my last fight, we brought in, you know, I was fighting Damian Miley. We brought in Jake Shields, you know, who who was a perfect okay. partner and and got me to where, um, you know, he helped it immensely. Right. Um, for this one, I think we, I mean, we got some great guys, man. I mean, there's guys coming in and out all the time, so. We're really happy with how the camp is here, and uh, there's guys coming in out all the time, though. I mean, we got uh, okay. catches in town right now, so you know he's teaching some jujitsu to the guys, and we're all getting tapped out by him. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's there's always great guys coming in now. Good stuff. Where where exactly are you, and and the name of your gym? Elevation. Uh, now we're, I'm the Elevation Fight Team in Denver. Oh, okay. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Know a couple guys out there. You know, we got uh, you know, me and Neil. You know, Neil Magny. You know, he, he's training for a fight. You know, so um, you know, we're good training partners. Brandon Thatch, uh, uh, Bohan. Um, I don't know how mm-hmm. you say his last name. Becca Lickovich or something. And you know, we're we're on the same card. You know what I mean? So we're training together every day, grinding now. Um, I, I mean, the list goes on, man. I mean, we just got we got a murderer's row out here and. And it really forces me to stay on my A game every day. And, um, you know, if I'm not on my A game, I'll get my ass whooped. So, yeah, I enjoy right. that myself. How, um, how long have you been training with um, high-level guys on a consistent basis? Uh, my whole career. Yeah, I mean, I've always trained okay. high-level guys. You know, but it's, you know, before, like when I was in Ohio, um there weren't a lot of high-level guys that you heard of, like my big names. Like I was training with Olympic wrestlers and and you know like uh, uh, world-class jiu-jitsu guys and world-class strikers and you know what I mean things like that. But they weren't in the MMA world. You know, okay. People didn't know how they were, you know. Okay. Now, Matt, um, this is Joel, by the way. Um, we kind of have a similar, somewhat of a similar experience. Um. A few years back, I actually was found unresponsive by my youngest daughter in my bed, and I was declared dead for 30 minutes, and I was brought back to life. And when I woke up, I was in a coma, and I woke up after three and a half days by a miracle. Now, you overcame. My mind was health-related. Now, I understand that you had a similar experience with, you know, the, the drugs and alcohol. Like, how, you know, I commend you for that because there's people that to this day are losing that everyday battle with that, with those illnesses. And, you know, for you to to take all that and, you know, being given the name Immortal because of what you went through and you survived and incorporating that into your, into your career, like, that's just an amazing thing. Like, is that also, is that, is that also drive you to perform at the best of your ability on top of just being, wanting to be the best in the sport? Man, yeah. Uh, tough question. Yeah, um, uh, first off, yeah, uh, it's good to hear you got through it too. You know, I mean, that's a um, that's commendable. You know, so much respect. Um, you know, I, I don't even really think about it anymore. I mean, you know, I think it, it kind of maybe unconsciously uh, made me who I am, but it's not. It's not. You know, I'm not not something I think about all the time. I mean, I got I got 
uh, a family and 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 kids, you know, and and you know, I'm, I'm I got a lot on my mind every day, you know. I'm grinding out every day for for other reasons, and you know, I, I have my own um, I have my own personal motivations, and that was one a long time ago that 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 was a, a strong motivator. At this point, you know, I'm pretty much just over all that, and and it's uh, I'm a different person. I'm most it's almost looking back, it's almost surreal that it was the same person. You know, what I mean, to me, it feels like. I'm literally like two separate lives, you know, like a parallel universe or something. I mean, it doesn't, I can't even fathom myself in those situations that I was in back then. So it's, it's really, it doesn't have much of an effect on me anymore. Um, but I'm sure subconsciously it does. And I don't even, you know, realize it. Right. And with all the, you know, training and, and preparing for your fights or just, maybe helping other training partners get ready for theirs. I know you also do um, the great MMA debacle podcast with Coleman, Martin, and Lopez. Am I, am I correct? I mean, do you still, is that something that you do on a regular basis still? Yeah. Uh, slows down while uh, uh, while I'm in training camp, you know. It's kind of hard to keep up while I'm, while I'm in training camp, you know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, kind of shifting uh, the attention back to uh, UFC 201, the card is headlined by a title fight in your division with Robbie Lawler looking to defend his belt against Tyron Woodley. Can we get your thoughts on, on that fight? Who do you see winning that one? Um, I got Robbie Lawler winning. Um, <clears throat> you know, I could see Woodley winning uh, earlier in the fight. Um, you know, uh, maybe, you know, a big punch early could change the fight, but I think uh, eventually Robbie's going to wear him down and probably get a TKO. Okay, yeah. And, you know, speaking of title fights, uh, Stephen Thompson is said to likely be receiving the next shot at the belt with his win over Rory McDonald. Now, you were the first person to beat him and still remain the only loss on his record. Do you think that he would be interested in a rematch with you, and do you see that fight as a possibility in the future? Yeah, I could definitely see it in the future. And, um, you know, he was calling for a rematch with me for a long time, you know, when I was uh, way up above him before he was ranked or anything. And then... uh, you know, so I guess now it's time for me to call for a rematch for him because he went above me in the ranks. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's the way things work out sometimes. You know, he's done a great job. and um, But, yeah, I plan on, you know, catching back up with him. I imagine we'll meet him there again someday. Well, like Mike said earlier, this is a very quick turnaround for you uh, with your last fight being back in May at UFC 198. Uh, were you just eager to get back in the cage soon, or was this an opportunity that the UFC presented? No, nah, man, I, I was ready to get back in the cage. I mean, I felt, you know, I just felt horrible after uh, that fight, man. I mean, you know, I thought I, I was really well prepared and I felt great going in and thought that I did some good things really well. And, um, you know, it was just disappointing, man, you know, that I, that I lost. So um, it always is. And I came out without any injuries or anything. I'm feeling fine. So I just told Joe Silva on uh, – Monday, I think, after the fight, and just said, hey, man, let's just get me back in there ASAP, and, and that's what he did. Now, yeah. referring uh, to the Maya fight, after after the fight, there was an incident in Brazil concerning your former jiu-jitsu coach. Um, how did that exactly happen? Like, I mean, because I know I've heard different stories online and whatnot, but, I mean, overall, it was a really 
crappy thing to do, you know, as far as, you know, what he did to you. Yeah, um, I guess, I mean, there's not much about it. I mean, he just sucker punched me and then uh, ran away. So, you know, I mean, the the whole story, I guess, is a little longer when you talk about the the, the past. I mean, he was suing me for an alleged assault, whereas, you know, he didn't, you know, the lawsuit didn't go through. The You know, the, the police didn't press any charges or anything. You know, it was self-defense. So, um yeah, so with all that said, I mean, you know, so he come up and sucker punched me. So, um, yeah, you know, he and then he got his ass whooped for, um, you know, by a friend of mine. So, you know, that's about all it really came down to right there. Um, there ain't really a whole lot more to the story. So I don't know if there's conflicting stories online or whatever, but, I mean, that's pretty much the whole thing right there. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, the whole, you know, the UFC 190 trip uh, was just kind of a whirlwind of, of controversy uh, with it being in Brazil against Damian Maia. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a miracle that, that you made it back in, in one piece with, like, how the weigh-ins went and everything because, you know, as you're stepping on the scale, you decided to flip off the entire crowd before you stepped on, uh, which obviously got everyone pretty riled up. Did you initially plan on doing this, or was it just like a spur-of-the-moment type thing? No, it was completely spur of the moment, you know, because um, I, I don't know. I just walk out there, and you know, I knew there was going to be, uh, you know, there was going to be chanting about, you know, um, whatever the boo map or hey hey or something like you're going to die or whatever. And I don't know. It was one thing to know they were going to say that, and then but when I'm standing there in front of them and they're looking at me and yelling at me like that, yeah, you know, I was like, all right, well, fuck you then, you know. So, um, and then the thing on the scale, that was actually not planned either because that was improvised because we. I was going to do uh, a selfie, actually. So I had a camera in my hand to do a selfie because I figured that would be a pretty cool picture. And then I got on the scale, and I was like, wait a minute, this phone will probably make me miss weight. <laughs> you know, so I hand the phone off to my, my coach, and they're still chanting it. So I was like, I was like, well, I ain't going to turn around now. All right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they just they show us up, you know. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the controversy, it didn't stop there. You know, during your walk to the Octagon, an audience member uh, grabbed your hoodie, even with security all around you. What was your initial reaction when this happened to you? Uh, yeah, I was just, you know, I was trying to focus on the fight, not really worry about it. Um, but then, like, the third time it happened, like you know, said, the first two guys, like, they just smacked me, and I was like, all right, all right. You, you, be, you, know, you know, it's kind of douchey, but whatever. But then the third guy, yeah, like you said, like, he grabbed my hoodie and pulled me to him, so... So, you know, I was fearing for my safety, you know, so that's why he got a punch to the face. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like you said, you, you immediately turned around and then swung back at him for doing so. Uh, looking back on it, would you have reacted any, any differently, or do you think that everything was justified? No, it was 100% justified. I mean, like I said, I, I legitimately feared for my safety. I mean, I didn't know if, you know, if this guy's got a, little, a pencil in his hand, you know, try to stab me or you know what I mean, or or with a fork or whatever, knife. I mean, I don't know, you know, so, you know, it's like you, you got to take care of business when business confronts you, you know. Yeah, of course. And, all right, so shifting the attention back towards uh, your fight, after you get the win here, who is next on your radar? Do you have a specific opponent in mind? No, I'm one fight at a time guy, man. Uh, you know, I got I got Ellenberg in front of me, and like I said, um a lot of people, I think, are underestimating him. I am not. I mean, he's he's a hard, hard puncher, a strong guy, a good wrestler. I mean, gosh, uh, 
that's a tough matchup for anybody, you know. And uh, of course, he's pulled out some some good victories, and you know he, he's had a few tough defeats. But man, he's the type of guy that can can hurt anybody anytime. So I'm not looking past him one second. Now, this is in regards to just in general throughout your career. Um, I've noticed that a lot of your opponents have pulled out due to injury. I mean, you're one of the the people that I've seen the most with opponents pulling out due to injury. How does that throw off, if it does at all, your your game planning, having to prepare for somebody completely different after, you know, so many changes in your in your fights throughout the career? Yeah, I mean, as much as it's got to throw me off, I mean, I mean, you know, I always look at it like, like, all right, it might throw me off a little bit, but that dude is thrown off too because he wasn't even training for a fight, you know. So, you know, it's pretty even, I guess. And a lot of it just depends on, you know, how long out the the injury happens. Like if Jake was to get injured today and they had to put a replacement in, I mean, I mean, you know, like it wouldn't even phase me, you know. Like it's going to be worse for the guy coming in. He's coming in on short notice. So, you, know, so you, you never know, man. You know, is you know if it's like eight weeks out or something. I've had, a lot of my guys have pulled out six to eight weeks out, and that's mm-hmm. you know it, it doesn't even affect anything at all. Now speaking of opponents, is Carlos Comet someone that you would like to to step in the cage with? Uh, of course, yeah. Um, I like to step in the cage with every single fighter in the world. So I love fighting, man. Uh, I just, there's nothing I love more than getting in there and and having a fight with someone. So. Uh, everybody, but yeah, you know, Condit stylistically, you know, is a is a great matchup, and I think we'd have a lot of fun in that fight. So, uh, I'd definitely like to do it sometime. Yeah, definitely. And he has his fight uh, with Damian Maya coming up at UFC 202. And if he uh, is victorious in that fight, um, you've expressed interest in having a fight lined up at UFC 203 after this one, since uh, that's happening in Cleveland. Uh, is it safe to say that you would maybe like to have that matchup land on that card? Uh, of course, yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to be tough, so, you know, like uh, you, you never know if you're going to get injured or whatever. Like I don't usually walk out fights, you know, without injuries. So, you know, especially, you know, a guy like Ellen Bergerman, he, he could put a lot of hurting on you. So I don't necessarily anticipate walking out of this unscathed. So, um, you know, we'll just we'll have to take it a day at a time and see what happens after the fight. Your toughest opponent to date, because I know you've had you've been in so many wars throughout your career. Um, there's so many that would stick out in my mind, but in your, you know, who would you feel is your toughest opponent to date? Mm, either Robbie Lawler or Chris Lytle. Interesting. Your thoughts is right before you got on. We were kind of giving our thoughts on uh, UFC 200. Uh, do you have anything in particular? Uh, any thoughts on, on the, the the event itself? Um. No, I mean, I, I don't know. It was, uh, I didn't even get to watch it that close, to be honest, because I, uh, I was doing a signing, an appearance. So, um, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch it closely. I got to see the results mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, glances here and there of the fights, but I, I wasn't really able to observe it closely. I didn't care for the yellow octagon, though, if that's – <laughs> a lot of people didn't. I think it was blowing up on on social media. People were, yeah. were not happy about the yellow, like King of the Kings. I don't know. I don't know if that's because because of what we're what we're so used to, or huh. or if it was actually as ridiculous as I thought it looked. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as we wrap up here, uh, we'd like to get your final say in how you will win your fight against Jake Ellenberger. 
uh, in the end, how do you see yourself getting your hand raised? Like kind of like what method, what round, uh, things like that. Um, I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, I know what I'm going to do is I'm going to be the best that I uh, – you're going to see the best Matt Brown you've ever seen there. Um, My training is great, and my mind is great, my soul is great, spirit is great, so I'm happy. So you're going to see – you see, you know, a good version of myself, and I look forward to doing it. And there's just no way that I'm gonna lose, so it doesn't matter how I win. All right, sounds good. And uh, lastly, here, if you know, if you have any uh, shout-outs or thank yous or anything like that that you would like to mention, we would of course like to give you that opportunity here. Um, no, mainly, yeah, maybe just Muscle Farm. You know, I thank them for. Uh, keep it in the game after you know even after the Reebok deal most sponsors dropped out and um, you know went took other avenues or whatever and you know I got a lot of respect for Muscle Farm for sticking by fighters and and providing a good training atmosphere for us all right awesome and you can see Matt Brown face Jake Ellenberger on July 30th at UFC 201 Matt it was great speaking with you and best of luck to you in your fight thank you very much guys And that was Matt, the immortal Brown. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Big thanks to my co-hosts, Joel Rojas and Mike the Truth Jackson. Uh, Mike, where can people find you at? Always find me at MikeTheTruth.com, but on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook are all the same, at the Truth Jackson. And Joel, where can people find you at? On Twitter, underscore, JR double, underscore, Facebook, Joel Rojas. Just want to give a quick shout-out to my Wife, Amy, my daughters, Ayana and Sanaya, keep up the good work. Daddy loves you. Awesome. And, of course, a big thanks to Rob Mead, who runs everything on our site. So a big shout-out to him as well. Make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at FunkyMonkeyMMA. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Kane E. Miller. And keep up with the site for the latest interviews, event photos, and analysis pieces. We'll see you next time. You can listen to Funky Monkey MMA Radio on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, Cash Roller, the TuneIn Radio app, MMAFutures.com, LoveMMA.com, MMARecords.com, and FightBookMMA.com. Funky Monkey Radio is sponsored by Altercation Clothing. If you never back down, then you're ready for an altercation. For the freshest news and notes on all things MMA, get over to FunkyMonkeyMMA.com. Interested in sponsoring the show? Then send an email to funkymonkeymma at gmail.com. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. MMA fans, are you looking for something to set you apart? Then check out altercationclothing.com. Altercation Clothing is a brand with attitude, offering fans and fighters alike a variety of specialty shirts. If you won't back down, then you're ready for an altercation. Altercation Clothing can be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash altercationclothing. Altercation Clothing is a proud sponsor of Funky Monkey MMA Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA.